Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kit. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play, development, and all that other stuff that falls in between. I am so glad to be here another week as we finalize memory mayhem. Oh, I'm bummed because that is my last time doing my crazy sound effects. And yeah, at least for memory mayhem, I'll probably come up with something else another month that's befitting for whatever topic if I moved that way. And if you guys haven't done so, please catch up on past podcast episodes of Memory Mayhem so you can get into the know. But here is my brief recap. Infant memory. That is based on what is seen. If it's not seen, then it's not there. However, memory is starting to build up to where they're playing with different sounds, cause and effect play. All of those very cool things are happening during that time. Now, in the toddler years, object permanence is happening. And that's when Sugar now knows that if the object is not around, it still exists. Whereas during that infant time, if the object isn't there, it does not exist. But now toddlers, they're starting to get a little bit more savvy. They're starting to be able to put not only a label to objects around them, but they're also able to like see that object or know what other people are jointly talking about. So that's pretty neat because the language boom is happening. Memory is also expanding because guess what? Sugar has to hold on to that language in order to be able to produce. For the preschoolers, now they are not only expanding their vocabulary still, the vocabulary should be by now sentences and they should be having full conversations. But now that memory is working like a madman. And this is when we can really put things into action as far as like pre-academics, because we can start helping them like weed through more concrete a meaning, the ABCs, the one, two, threes, the different colors and putting sounds to letters and starting to do addition facts and things like that. So the memory is expanding in a different way, whereas from the birth to three, they're really learning how to navigate not just language, but interaction and all these things. And it happens through repetition and the memories are built up. And But now by preschool age, they're really able to put that stuff into action. So Lots of fun stuff is happening through each of these stages. And it's important for you as a world changer to know, like, at which age should I be doing what? Because it's kind of like one of those things you don't want to teach algebra before you have like basic math facts down. And you definitely don't want to teach division if you don't have numbers, number recognition under control. And so it's the same kind of thing with memory and the activities and what we're teaching our sugars during that time. Like the right thing at the wrong time is always the wrong thing. I want you guys to keep that in mind. And always, always, always move at sugar's pace. You'll know when they've mastered something, but it's also nice to have like a little bit of a checklist to know what should my sugar be doing? So to get a little bit more background information about that, just listen to the past episodes because I give a lot of great meat to just kind of prep you guys. But now, but now, it's time to put this stuff into practice. 
you know, think of this episode like the lab, right? You've learned all the theory, but now it's time to put some stuff in action. We're moving from the school books. We're taking the training wheels off. You know, we're going to do. See, I, I knew something else was going to come. Anyway, for the infants, this is what we should be doing during this time. And everything I am going to explain today, you guys can put into practice as soon as this episode is over. Infant activities, reading daily. I cannot overemphasize the importance of reading every single day. But again, it's kind of like the division thing. You know, we don't teach division until we teach numbers. So we just want to make sure to start, you know, ease on into reading. So things like nursery rhyme. One, two, buckle my shoe. Um, the wheels on the bus go round and round. Things like that. Dr. Seuss books. Fun books. Stuff that is interactive. Stuff that has lots of sounds and where you play with language and not the push button sounds. That ain't the same. We're not doing the noisy stuff. We're not doing the overstimulating stuff. I'm talking about like actual interaction, fun little books that you can read together. Great books during that time are the ones that have like one thing on the page and you pull up that image. And maybe it's like, where's baby's belly button? Or what fruit are you going to pull up? Or a pop-up book. Things that are really, really simple, but also things that have like rhymes that play with rhythm of speech. Because remember, during infancy, they're learning the rhythms and the patterns of speech and how speech sounds turn into words. And so it's crucial to have those kinds of things. That's why nursery rhymes are so great. So even if you aren't the best singer, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you're giving them that kind of stimulation that plays with words, plays with sounds, really simple stuff, no more than a few words on the page. The next thing that you can do with Little Sugar, peekaboo. Oh my goodness, peekaboo is like the jam for infants. They love that because remember, if they can't see it, it doesn't exist. And they don't necessarily have the concept of like how hands work. And so if your hands go over your face, like you're really gone. They might still hear you, but like in a sense, you're gone, right? And then you come back and it's some exciting stuff, but it doesn't just have to be you. You can do peekaboo with stuffed animals. You can do peekaboo with other people. Where's dad? Where did he go? And maybe dad hides and you guys are both looking for him and then he pops back up or the other way around or with a sibling or with the dog. But it's really fun because it reminds sugar and it starts to build for them that Stuff goes, but it can come back. Stuff goes, it can come back. This is those pre-skills that they need for the object permanence. And so playing peekaboo is a great thing for that. It's a great way to build up memory. Cognitive games. This is where we're starting to get into the toys. There's a lot of stuff to me that you can do with an infant that doesn't require stuff. But if you want to do some toys, shape sorters are great. Because again, they're putting the object in the shape sorter and it's going away. But then also they have to start remembering which shape goes where. And so like you can do some hand over hand during this time and kind of like help their hand go in and things like that. Stacking blocks are also really great during this time. Really simple ones, nothing too complex, probably no more than like four to five of the thick stacking blocks. Because also remember a lot's going on. 
they don't have great fine motor skills to be pulling up more complex pieces. And maybe, you know, there's always an exception to the rule, but I would just say, keep it fun, keep it simple, and just make sure that you're focusing more so on the interaction and helping them build up the memory of which order they go in every single time. Simple soft puzzles are great during this time. Again, maybe no more than four to five pieces, very basic stuff where you can do hand over hand with them. But once you put it together, not only are you creating that memory image, but also like starting an activity and completing an activity. And so those are things that you guys can do together. Also during this time, talking a lot, talking so much, but not talking about just randomness. Honestly, at this point, the quantity of words is not necessarily important as much as the quality of what you're saying, because they're trying to learn how to use language for social purposes and to get wants and needs met, making sure that that language, that foundational stuff is like hit on first. How do I remember how to like eh, 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 to get to my bottle versus like only doing like ABCs and one, two, threes, because ABCs and one, two, threes are great. But again, it kind of goes back to that teaching the division before you teach simple letters. And so we want to make sure that they understand how to get to the things that they want versus teaching them like pre-academic things that they're going to learn much later down the line. Like there's nothing wrong with like doing it every so often, but it should not be like the focus of their learning or the only focus of the communication Every time you're going to them, showing them letters and asking them, what letter is this and what number is this? Because they don't have that kind of recall at this point. Their memory isn't developed at that point to like recognize that kind of complex stuff. That comes a little bit later. But again, nothing wrong with singing ABC song. That's a nursery rhyme. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And you're still teaching the rhythm and prosody of speech versus A, B, C, what's this? What's that? What's this? That's not necessarily fun, world changer. So I want you to be very careful doing that, all right? Making sure to label everything. And I mean, label everything. Because again, labeling gives an object a name. And the more that they can label and name, the easier it is to make that shift from crying to get wants and needs met to using language to get wants and needs met. And so if every single time they know that bottle is bottle, cup is cup, cracker is cracker, dad is dad, mom is mom, right? Then it eliminates the need for them to cry. They're creating those memories. So language and memory, again, is definitely tied together, but it's all about the quality of what we teach during that time. And, and I want you world changers to be doing this throughout the day frequently throughout the day, not just five to seven minutes for this, but this for this age should be happening quite often and it should be in smaller chunks. At this age, they a lot of things are going on and so a lot of sleeping is happening and a lot of eating is happening. And so that's why I say smaller chunks are better and just with more frequency. This stuff doesn't always have to happen at home. Sometimes we feel like learning only takes place in certain settings. Learning only takes place in school. Not true. Learning only takes place, you know, in front of a computer or a book or this or that. No, 
actually you're the biggest asset that little sugars have learning happens with you wherever you are and the more that you're exploring the world around you and exploring with them and communicating with them this can happen in the car this can happen at the park this can happen on a walk this can happen wherever you are so don't limit yourself during this time because this time is actually really fun because babies you can get away with just about anything and so you could be walking through the store and singing abcs to them and they're singing it back to you and, and nobody's gonna look at you crazy because it's a baby and everybody's gonna be wanting to focus on the baby anyway because they still smell like cookies so moving into the toddler age toddler activities this is where you can start really expanding much different with babies because for one toddlers stay awake a lot more and they now should have some labels to some stuff because you've been working hard to build up those memories and putting this stuff in practice and so the first thing first things first that you can do with little sugar to help build up memory and now it's going to expand into a much different way because not only have they kind of mastered rhythm and prosody of speech again they got labels and so now you can keep reading you can continue with nursery rhymes but a lot of times by now if you've been doing it that whole time during infancy you might be a little burnt out so <laughs> you might want to expand into some other stuff like very hungry caterpillar five chirpy birds wills on the bus um the five jumping jumping monkeys or the five monkeys jumping on the bed that's one of my favorites i have even like a manila folder little situation doodad that i created for that one i love that one don't get me started and anything again dr seuss are these the only things no this is not an exhaustive list this is just the stuff that i thought of like right off the top of my head like my go-to's if i look somewhere good night moon is another one. Oh, i love that good night moon and it has like an interesting rhythm and prosody to it and the reason that you want to expand in these kinds of books because now there's a storyline something's happening there's a start in it and a finish unlike the infant books where you're just focusing on like look at the grape look at the belly look at his hands and look at this now something happened that caterpillar started off and he was eating up all the stuff and then he went through the metamorphosis and he became a butterfly there's a start a middle and an end you can even start asking details during this time because that's another way to put memory to work you can ask what was your favorite thing that that caterpillar ate because you know for me i really like that he ate that watermelon what about for you and they might say the sucker or the sausage or the whatever but it's a good time to kind of get them to think about like details and you can ask them very specific things about the story and they probably will be able to answer it so it's pretty cool another thing that can happen during story time to build up memory because remember most two-year-olds and i say most i know a few who could are not reading but their memory and their recall from start middle and end that's established now and so you can do things like no more monkeys jumping on the and then wait for them to fill in bed and you can even say it with them like as soon as they start saying it you can say it with them and be like no more monkeys jumping on the bed. 
and it's exciting and it's fun and they love it and they love that kind of stuff because world changers at this time they love everything that you do like you are the rock star you get to do all the fun stuff with them so if you're showing them that like you're into it and participating with them chances are they're going to take a lot more out of it so that's what's happening during that time like really continue the reading and expanding the reading because not only are you expanding their memory for stories and for start middle in you're also expanding that vocabulary because across books there's new vocabulary and they're still building up the vocabulary and they're still holding on to those memories and being able to use those words for later so very important to do that during that time another fun thing that you can do with these sugars direction games direction games can be a blast and i mean a blast and i know in most other contexts if you've listened to any other episodes when i'm talking about directions usually i'm talking about like following directions pick up your shoes and put them away go get your coat and bring it to me get your diaper so we can change it something like that but direction games i haven't really touched on but i actually do them and they are fun and it can be silly like touch your nose touch your nose then touch your toes touch your nose, touch your toes, then rub your belly. And, and they, they have to hold on to the information that you tell them and then they have to execute it. That can be extremely difficult, holding on to information and then executing it. That's memory. And the more complex it gets, the more they have to hold on to. But when you make it fun like that, run down the street, do five jumping jacks and run back to me the more that they can hold on to and it generalizes across different areas of life. So you can definitely do those kinds of things to build up memory during that time. And I know it seems super silly, but it's a lot of fun and it's a great way to get them to learn how to build up memory without even knowing that they're building up memory. It's kind of like your spaghetti sauce where you put a bunch of stuff in there and you like mince it all up and nobody has a clue what they're eating but you've put probably like two cups of vegetables in one serving of spaghetti. <laughs> That's kind of like what those activities are. So don't limit yourself on those because it can happen anywhere. And again, stuff like that, you can do it in the store. Go get the lotion, soap, and put it in the cart. 10 seconds, run, right? That's fun and it's silly, but it works. It's effective. Taking a nature walk and drawing pictures. This is when you expand into, ah, imagery and the sink and the dew and i looked at the mountains and the trees and i came home and i drew about it ah it was a beautiful place it was a beautiful day but again now you're working with visual memory a lot of times because of my background i'm always talking about talking and understanding but visual memory imagery is another way to communicate the information that sugar has held onto, holding onto those memories and getting it onto paper and then describing what they did. That's memory. You would be surprised how much sugar has held onto. And you know, they may not have the fine motor skills to draw a super complex picture. That's why it's always better to ask them, what did you draw? Tell me about it versus <laughs> versus going in blind and starting to play the guess game because you're going to disappoint your toddler and you don't want to disappoint them at this point because 
I know for me, I just remember during that time, like 90% of my guesses were wrong. And I finally had to learn to just say, what did you draw? Tell me all about it. And I got so much more information. And then I was able to like follow up with questions. Well, what made you draw that? And oh, that's pretty cool because I didn't even think of that. And even telling them the areas that their thought process and their memories were different because again, they're still making that separation from you as far as we don't think the same things, our thoughts are not the same, but at the same time, we can share in the same experiences and talk about them. So holding on and expressing memories in that way is a lot of fun. And it doesn't have to, again, be limited to like nature walks, even though I love nature walks, it doesn't have to be limited to that. It could be a day out with the family. It could be a birthday party. It could be whatever it is that would invoke some kind of memory that you think, hey, this might be valuable to get on paper and to hear what they actually held on to. And if you have a sugar who's struggling with memory or who's struggling with language, this might be a great way to help them like put images to the words that they want to use and then help them describe. It's like one of those things to where it's a win-win situation. Either way it goes, you're building up a skill in them. Toys during this age are fun. If you're getting into the toy thing, I wanted to make sure to give you guys stuff to do that didn't involve like running out and feeling like I need to go to the store. I need to do this. I need to do that. No, 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 no. Again, you are the biggest asset. What you create is most important. Like your interaction trumps any toy. And what you do with those toys, honestly, makes it the most meaningful during that time. So don't ever limit yourself, the world changers. Because sugar during the toy stage, during this toy stage, because they have vocabulary and they can reenact stories and create stories and events, the possibilities are endless during this time. You can get super creative. It doesn't have to be the same kind of play and the same kind of memory every single time. It's easy to get stuck replaying the same memories again and again and again, but you can create new memories and new ideas every time you pull out, let's say the little people. We don't have to go to the zoo. Maybe we're on a nature trail. Maybe we're at the safari. Maybe the animals ended up in the middle of the city. What did the people do, right? So you can create all kinds of silly things that build up memory and that build up like, what can I do with these animals? And how can I take it to the next level the next time? And the next level doesn't always mean like one upping. It just means making things different so that sugar can take objects and know that it's not a one dimensional thing. And that in and of itself creates memory. So it's huge during this time because, again, during that play, you're also bringing out new vocabulary. Well, if they're in the city, then what do they have in the city that they don't have on the nature trail? Towers? What else? High rises? What else? Maybe a bridge? What else? Maybe some water? Maybe not. What else? Lots of people. It's really crowded. It's not necessarily always crowded on the nature trail, but in the city, it's crowded. So maybe there's a lot of little people around crowding up the animals, but once they see the, the animals, the, the nature animals or the safari animals in the middle of the street, they're running the other way. You can create that. And it's silly. And it's like naturally building up memory and vocabulary. And I know that scenario sounded totally silly, but <laughs> this is the age where your inhibition should go a little bit as well. And it's just fun during that time. So some of the toys that I like that are my go-tos during that age, and believe me, like there are millions out there. 
more complex puzzles, maybe not four to five pieces now, but maybe the puzzle pieces that have 10 or more parts, little people, little type blocks, Legos, animals. We talked out about animals, shape sorters. Those become a little bit more complex. They should. It shouldn't just be four shapes going in. It should maybe go up, you know, up the ante to where maybe it's a complex shape. And then on each side, there's some shapes that go into there. Potato head. Oh, potato head is amazing. That is a wonderful way to build up memory, not only of body parts, but different scenarios, again, that you can play out. Um, Ball toys, teaching, sharing, and turn-taking, which is an important memory to establish at this point, that it's not always Sugar's turn and it's not always Tommy's turn, but Mommy gets to take a turn and other people get to take a turn. Painting, we talked about that. Bingo stamps. People limit bingo stamps to bingo. And let me tell you, if you want to paint in a controlled environment, bingo stamps they have all the colors and you can like do circle dots or you can do like long lines and i've drawn entire scenes with bingo stamps so don't limit bingo stamps and they're a lot less messy sidewalk chalk and the list goes on and this is my personal favorite we cannot forget my personal personal favorite cardboard boxes cardboard boxes are like the best memory invokers in the world why because you could create anything and that is like activity that you have to start together, do together and finish together. And it just it creates not only the memory of what you're doing during the play, but it also creates that memory of that time together, that special time that you guys did something together and it was a lot of fun. And the possibilities with cardboard boxes are endless. Like that could be a Barbie house. That could be a train station. That could be. Whatever you want it to be, that can be it. So that, that's my spiel for toys. I want you world changers also, also, also to continue to refrain from noisy toys and tech. They're one dimensional. They're not necessarily creating memories. Sugar may remember the toy when they get older, but it doesn't like expand the language, expand if I do this, then that. And, and if it does, it's still going to be limited. It's not going to be to the same effect as if you were sitting down and doing with them. Again, like you are the biggest asset during this time and sitting down and doing with them is most important. Finally, preschooler activities. Preschoolers, man, not only do you have the benefit of like play, but you also have the, the benefit of pre-academia. And I want you guys to know some of the activities that I talked about for the toddler years can definitely generalize to the preschooler. Like you will know when sugar is ready to phase out of certain toddler year toys, because one day the toy is just going to be sitting in the toy graveyard and nobody's going to be interested in that toy anymore. Or you guys have done it so many times and you've created so many things that it's just like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. It's over. And that's when you know it's time to upcycle to a family member or to somebody else in the community who could benefit from that toy. So don't just throw it away. Like, take good care of it and upcycle it to the next person. First things first. You already know what I'm going to say. The first thing that you can do during this time to create memory with your sugar, read daily. And I mean every single day. We never stop reading. Keep reading. Depending on the age and skill set, Sugar actually might be able to scan some of those words and recognize some simple letters or some simple words. 
the, a, and, and, I, me, you, the simple stuff, their name. Because by now they've seen that stuff. They should have started to see that stuff and have some, some recognition there. So you can, you know, you can turn up the pot a little bit. We're getting closer to division, right? You can have them find all the A's on the letter, find all the words before reading the book. Let's, let's just skim through and you find all the letter A's. Yeah, that's what you're going to do or not. It's up to you. But it's another way to create memory for sugar. I remember what an A looks like because I found it 50 times in this book with mom. <laughs> but maybe we celebrate it every time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Read to sugar during this time and then let sugar read or story retell to you. Sometimes I actually even do this with my toddlers. Depending on the age and the skill set and their willingness and their attention, all those things definitely play a part. But having me read first and then them retell, story retell, and I hand them over the book, absolutely. During this age, again, not only are they able to reenact the start, the middle, and the ending, but they could go page by page by now and give us some additional details. Another thing that I like to do with this age is ask questions at the end of the story. Character names, details, feelings. How do you think such and such felt when XYZ happened? And they'll tell you. And so a lot of the books that I listed in the toddler section, that's definitely stuff that you can go with with the older kiddos. I still, during this age, stay away from any kind of noisy book because then you're going to be focused on the noise versus the actual book, except for like, for me with five chirpy birds or with that, it's only one button. So like one button books where there's like a specified time when you push the button, that works. But like when it has the full panel and there's like 25 buttons that you push with 25 different sounds, I usually stay away from those. For some reason, I continue with nursery rhymes at this age, but for different reasons, just because I know that sugar is going to go and start doing like pre-literacy kinds of things. So it's still really appropriate for this age to kind of circle back and revisit some of those nursery rhymes that you overkilled when they were an infant. And I know I did, but this is a good time to like go back and reinforce that just because again, they're about to dwell into a different world called literacy. And so we want to continue to play with rhythm and prosody of speech. And I cannot, I cannot overemphasize that reading daily should never stop. My sugars at this point, one's going to be 12 in a few months and the other is eight. And they, at a minimum, we read at least two chapters a day to them of different books. Some during school that we read after they've read to us, that's not including the stuff that they read, like just us reading to them a minimum of two chapters a day. Uh, my husband never stopped doing story time at night. And so they automatically get two chapters from that and then whatever happens during the day. So please world changers, I cannot overemphasize the importance of reading because we're talking about building memory. This is building vocabulary. It's not only building vocabulary, but it's building memory. And what I'm finding more and more as my sugars are getting older is that a lot of stuff that they've heard over the years from the stories, they're able to recognize and apply that stuff in real time academically or out in the community or in different ways. And so it really does pay off, especially if you have a sugar 
who needs a little bit more time to master language, reading is the perfect way to help them master language. I remember when we were going through the writing narration for my daughter and also like writing, how do you write a story and how do you have the characters narrate? And the first thing that she did was she went to a book that had a lot of narration to help her remember the rules because it was an enjoyable book and it was a hard concept for her to like remember all the rules and somehow having that book around just it helped the progress um, and it helped her process being able to like apply this stuff in real time. So world changers do not take for granted why you should read to sugar from the day you know sugar is in the belly until I don't know when until is because again we're still reading and my kids are old <laughs> another thing during this time it supports memory detail it supports recall events and their imagination there's just way more that they can pull from when they have had a literacy enriched environment like it just it helps. It really helps with the writing. It helps across the board, but that's all because of the memory that they've held on to. Another thing that you can work on during this time for our preschoolers are memory games. And again, this is when you definitely are getting close to division. Like we're turning the heat up. It's fun. You get to do concentration with them. Go fish. Uno. Why? Because they have to hold on to that information. They have to room recall and for memory, they have to hold on to visual information. And in a sense, with GoFish, you have to hold on to some visual information as well. For Uno, same thing. Like, you better know what that reverse symbol looks like or the skip or the whatever. So they'll know how to use their tools when they're learning how to be competitive. Playing simple games. Candyland, shoots and ladders. This, again, helps the memories developing memories of turn-taking scorekeeping, strategizing, how to win, the most important part, how to win. <laughs> so you want to you do stuff like that with sugar. You want to continue to play direction games with them as well. Like, remember the silly stuff, run down the street, do 10 jump jacks, and then high five your neighbor, something like that. By this time, little sugar's probably a pro, but you want to keep making the directions a little bit more complex and a lot more fun. This is stuff that can happen in the grocery store. This is stuff that can happen at the park. You can turn it into an obstacle course. Give them three or four things to do at the park and tell me that that is not memory. Go down the slide, swing on the swing five times, then run around the, the park two times, and then climb up the wall. Mm-hmm. Memory. They've got to hold on to that information and then carry it out. And it's funny to see them try to hold on to it and like they're falling apart and usually at that age they really learn cheating and so they might be cheating a little bit during that time so you get a good laugh out of it again we're going to continue to use art to enact life events new information this time though you can expand it now's the time to really expand it into letters and numbers and colors and this is when you can uh, pull out the sensory boxes this is when the bingo the bingo marker can now become something that writes the letters down. The sensory boxes can have the animals inside and you can pull out two animals and have them create a story about it. Tell me a story about the giraffe and the dog. Then they have to create a story, but they have to pull information from their brain, past memories to be able to carry out that story. And it's really fun. And you could do the same thing with them. And if they struggle with that, then you model first and then have them do it. Or you do one line and then they do the next line. Simple cooking tasks can actually happen 
no stove involved no stove allowed they're not ready for that yet and if you have them anywhere near a stove just be super careful world changers like just use wisdom oven mitts safety goggles <laughs> apron <laughs> hazmat suit fire extinguisher all that stuff but the stuff that doesn't require that steps to making a sandwich steps to pouring a bowl of cereal okay i'm gonna leave you on your own today little sugar time for you to make your first bowl of cereal what's step one pour three quarters of the bag into the bowl yep that's about right because that's what's going to happen anyway <laughs> but it's it's fun and then milk how much milk oh uh, well at least a whole gallon at least a whole gallon just to make sure you know just to make sure but those are things that they can carry out and even if you're not ready for them to physically carry it out then you can switch it around and say okay mommy needs to make you a bowl of cereal but i'm having a little amnesia please please help me what do i do first get the cereal out okay what do i do next get the milk wonderful then what do i do put it together and then you can be silly without a bowl no bowl no spoon <laughs> the outrage so that's a fun way you can do it just again we're trying to get them to carry out and show us what they know what they've been holding on to world changers at this point you guys know there's no limits to memory task and there might be something that i didn't list that you're like hey you know what i might not do it the way that you're saying to do it but this is how i've been doing it and it works perfect i want you to i want you world changers to be super proactive when it comes to developing these memories and creating these ideas and expanding their vocabulary and the way that sugar thinks about the world because remember foundationally this carries over into every aspect of their lives and if you don't remember go back to the past three episodes and i explained that in detail but this episode was literally just focused on things that you can do as soon as you were done listening to this episode from start to finish and just like I said with the other sugars, with the infants and with the toddlers, technology should still be limited, world changers. That imagination is growing. And I want it to continue to grow in a way that is healthy for them and that works for you guys. And if they are in some technology and they do have some iPads or some things like that around, just be with them, be present with them and be willing to ask them questions so we know that they're actually getting something out of it the same goes with tv have them explain that show have them explain what happened have them explain why the person was sad have them explain the movie this is your time to be super proactive to make sure that they're just not watching but they're interacting and they're holding on to the information that's going to benefit them we continue to stay away from loud and noisy toys during this time. Like we want to be the loud, noisy toy, not the toy. Let us be the loud, noisy toy because loud, noisy toys just don't create memory. They create noise and, and we want to be the noise. So I want you guys to be working on this world changers because it's fun. It's, it's fun. And this age happens once and then it's gone. And I want you guys to maximize that time. So that wraps it up for this week episode and finalizes the memory mayhem series i'm crying on the inside a little bit i'm truly hoping that you guys enjoyed it next week 
join me where I will talk my child hits. What do I do now? Everybody's seen it or experienced it. And this is something that we're just going to we're going to tackle it. We're going to talk about it. I know you don't want to miss it. And I know, you know, somebody who's experienced it. So get them to log in. Tell a friend. Let's get into the no world changers. You have not done so. Please, world changers, make sure to subscribe to I've Got This Kid. I would love for you guys to be a part of this community. Also, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, share with a friend, share episodes, tips, or advice on your page. All social media links can be found below along with all sources from this episode because you guys know I ain't a plagiarist. Send in your questions at questions at I've got this kid.com because remember world changers, there's no such thing as a silly question rather in an answered question. Until the next time world changers, take care.